Welcome back to the Gaming with Sidekicks podcast. This is episode 26, Isaac Solo. Uh, today we are going to be looking at the last few games that I've played. I'm going to talk a little bit about things I'm enjoying, games I've got coming up for review, and uh, kind of go through a few things going on on the website. So episode 26 is going to be just myself, this is Isaac. Unfortunately, uh, their two gentlemen were unable to make it due to various and assorted things going on. But I want to talk about uh, some p- games I've played recently, uh, opportunity I had to check out a really cool little game cafe, and uh, a little bit of what's going on on the website. So let me start with the game cafe. So we were able to check out a really cool place called the Malted Meeple. Now, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out game cafes in the past, but they are a blast to be able to get into see what kind of games are there, what food, drinks, what have you. And the Malted Meeple is uh, located in Hudson, Ohio, which is kind of Akron, Cleveland area. And uh, for those of you who have been to Origins, you've probably seen their displays up in the past. They're, um, they've got game rooms, they've got food, they've got drinks, they've got escape rooms, they've got a little bit of everything. And JT and I and our families had a chance to check it out. Cool thing for this COVID season, they have an outdoor gaming area. So we were able to get out there on the patio, order some drinks, and play some games. So uh, they have some some really cool themed drinks. They have Star Wars themed drinks. They even have some drinks that are created by some different guys, like Plaid Hat had a game, or a drink design in there. They had some some unique stuff, like a mana potion in, in some you know adult beverages. Uh, their milkshakes, though, is kind of what they push as their claim to fame. They have some really cool handcrafted milkshakes. Um, They had some seasonal ones when we were there that were like pumpkin and white chocolate caramel flavored. I personally tried a peanut butter chocolate one that was amazing. Um, Like I said, they had some Star Wars ones like a Tatooine Twist, which was an orange creamsicle, Um, a coconut hut, which was like a pina colada drink. So some really cool things. Princess Leia was, of course, cinnamon roll. and we had, a, we had a good time sampling all of their wares. We had some pretzels, we had some popcorn, we had to try all that stuff. Um, as far as their game library goes, I've been to quite a few board game cafes in the past. Uh, one of my favorites is Snakes and Lattes, which is up in the Toronto area. One of the more amazing game collections and setups that I've seen, probably the best board game cafe I've ever been to. Malt and Meeple had a fair selection of games, uh, plenty to pick from, plenty to choose from. Uh, some of the things to keep in mind if you're considering ever going there, one, they don't have the board game sommelier. At least they didn't really put themselves out there with that. And what that sommelier does, similar to like a wine sommelier, is it gives you an opportunity to uh, hear about a game, sit down, and say, "Hey, I'm interested in, you know, what is this? Uh, you know, what is this game, Rurik? Well, let me teach it to you." And they give you a basic rundown of the rules and kind of assist you through the first couple of plays. A lot of the cafes I've been here, been to in the past, that do things right have that, and it's a really cool um, part of the uh, the experience. Unfortunately, multiple people did not have something like that. I think it really takes away from those that are unfamiliar with games or those that may be wandering into a place like this and want to play something other than Uno or Pictionary or Battleship. Uh, you have maybe some fear looking at you know, a game on the shelf that isn't something you're familiar with. And look at a game like King of Tokyo and kind of work your way through that one pretty easily, but maybe you're less inclined to grab, you know, something like a Crusaders that they had and try and figure out that if that's something you're not familiar with. The other thing is the games were definitely 
not the hotness games, uh, not the brand, brand new stuff. So if you're looking for, you know, hey, I've heard this is out, should I try it before I buy it? Probably not the place for that either. However, that being said, uh, there were, like I said, lots of game options and, and choices and opportunities to play some fun stuff. So if you're ever in that Cleveland, Akron, Hudson area, definitely check it out. Uh, fun little place and uh, we had a good time visiting and, and checking out their games. We played uh, uh, Scoville. And we played um, Enigma, which is a fun little four-player Z-Man game that has some puzzle-related activities. If you've never heard of it, Enigma is kind of a a fun little game that you may not uh, know a lot about. And it's got opportunities to uh, have four little puzzles that you pick from. So like a Tanagram's puzzle or a weights where you're trying to balance weights or make little pipes that connect around the, the board and it's a race to see who can finish their little mini puzzle the fastest and be able to place um, the opposite side of the puzzle board into a, um, a circuit they're trying to score points faster than other players. If you finish yours, um, you get to place it. If you don't, you don't. And so it's a it's a really neat little game. I've had fun. We played it a few times with the family before and uh, really enjoyed it. So that one is uh, Enigma. So worth checking out if you are not familiar with it. Um, some other games I played in the recent past. I've gotten a chance to play a couple of really fun games from the Op, formerly USAopoly. Recently you may have seen uh, a review on our website where we were able to um, discuss one of my favorite uh, types of games, which is the escape room or adventure game. And we were able to play the uh, Scooby-Doo um, Escape from the Haunted Mansion. A lot of fun. Um, way more fun than I expected it to be. Uh, going into escape room game, you just don't know kind of how difficult it may or may not be. And this one was not difficult. It was easy to go through. Uh, it was scripted in that you could pick a character like Velma or Scooby or Shaggy, and the way the clues laid out on the board revealed numbers, they had to read out of this book for each character. And so it was really important to utilize the different characters and their special abilities, where somebody like you know, Velma might be able to investigate, Scooby is going to taste. So you, there were times where you wanted to taste or sniff something, and there were times where you wanted to figure out, can I put this together? So really fun, really intuitive as you got going with it. Nice thing, unlike some puzzle games um, that I played, all of the clues, all of the information, everything you needed was in the game. So there wasn't a lot of like external, how am I going to figure this out, and does this make sense? And that that can be really frustrating, I think, for gamers, where they kind of look at it and go, what what am I supposed to do? Like, how was I supposed to figure that out? That doesn't even correlate to what we're doing. So uh, we had fun playing at four players. Played with a couple of kids, my wife and I, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So two chapters, each one plays about an hour. Nice thing is nothing is destroyed. So when you're done with it, you can pack it up and hand it off to a friend and let them take a shot at it. Another fun one from the op that we've had a chance to play is Telestrations Upside Drawn. So it's upside drawn, kind of like upside down. And basically you get into uh, multiple teams and one person on the team uh, sees a clue and holds on to a dry erase board and then another person on the same team holds a marker over the top of the dry erase board and the person holding the board has to move it around and force the person with the pen to draw something so the person with the pen is kind of like a Ouija board they're just holding steady while the board underneath them moves and the person with that pen 
along with anybody else that's on the team, is trying to guess whether the person moving the board around is trying to draw upside down. So it's really, it was fun. Uh, definitely is one you want to play with a couple of different groups, get people guessing and, and moving through. The only thing it needed was a timer. There was definitely times where it was like, okay, no one's going to get this. Let's move on. You had sayings, items, objects, activities, a lot of fun little choices. If you like Telestrations, this is similar in that it's a drawing game. It's not similar in, in the same type of gameplay. This can be a little more competitive than Telestrations is, or I think Telestrations uh, normally is just a, a fun way to play a game and have fun, and you can keep score in that, but I have no idea how to keep score in Telestrations, whereas in Upside Drawn, uh, it, was, it was a little more competitive, so we had a lot of fun playing that and figuring out, you know, how is this going to work out and, and work together, so... Definitely one I'd recommend checking out if you enjoy kind of those light, fun party games. So check that one out as well. Also, real soon on our site, you'll see our review of the Die Hard game. As our friend Jason, a friend of the, the site, uh, one of my local gaming buddies, is going to be reviewing that. And uh, he'll be giving you his input on that op game as well. So lots of fun things from the op. Uh, keep, keep a close eye out. we got some more fun stuff coming from them as well. Let's talk Kickstarters. I've uh, had a couple come in in the recent past. Um, the one I was most excited to get and get to the table is Iwari, the Deluxe Edition. Now, Iwari is, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, is one of the prettier games that I've had a chance to play in a while. Uh, aesthetically, really nice map. These cool little tile pieces um, that you're, I'm sorry, tower pieces that you're building that look like totems and um, some little tents that you're placing around the board as well. It's really nice. Production value on this thing is great. And the art, let me tell you, if you've seen the box cover for this thing, the cards and the art that goes with those cards are just beautiful. This is a very, very well-designed game uh, in, in the you know aesthetics, and it's definitely a easy-to-follow abstract game. It actually says in the directions that it's an abstract Euro game, which I think is kind of an interesting combination, but... It's an abstract game. It plays out well as an abstract game, and um, we had a lot of fun with it. So that's Iwari Deluxe Edition. If you backed it on Kickstarter, hopefully you'll be getting it in your hands soon. If not, definitely keep an eye out for that one as well. Somebody else making some fun games we really enjoy is Funko. And Funko uh, partnered with Prospero Hall, who does a lot of their internal design, has had some some real hits out in the recent past here. And um, We had two games that we're going to be reviewing and looking at from them. Uh, three games, actually. Uh, from them. One of those games is Pan Am. And Pan Am is gotta be in the running for one of my favorite games of 2020. With Pan Am, you are controlling a small airline as you're competing with other small airlines to build routes and hope that Pan Am comes along and steals it away from you as they expand across the known world. If you're familiar with a game like Ticket to Ride, Pan Am is going to be an easy game for you to follow. Uh, it it plays in a very similar type of style as you're kind of starting to make routes and build them around the board. Pan Am is is probably um, a little harder, uh, a little more gamey, right, than Ticket to Ride. So it's a good next step if you've got a friend who enjoys Ticket to Ride or something with a little more depth to it. Um, again, aesthetically, this game is spot on. Like the box with a huge Pan Am logo, the trays that look like they could be like serving trays off of a, a one of their old planes for 
for the uh, bits and pieces and the artwork for the different locations you can go. And the locations are named for what they would have been in the 1950s. But the artwork looks like something out of Mad Men, like Don Draper style art print. It's that muted colors. You know, we've got like an avocado green and a burgundy and a gray and a kind of lemony or mustardy yellow, I guess. Like it just, it fits well for the style. And this game, unlike some other games that are IP based, this game feels like a beautiful game that was created and then an IP was assigned to it as opposed to, okay, we got Pan Am, can we make a game around that? I just really, really like um, this game. I thought it was probably one of the more well-designed games that I played in a long time and, and I'm excited to see what some more multiple plays will turn out as far as strategy goes and, and how, you know, do you sit on routes for long periods or do you kind of get in there? And I like to get in early, get them built, get them sold and try and get them to Pan Am to buy that stock. So very unique game. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you check out Pan Am, the game from Funko Games. The other game from Funko that I'm really looking forward to playing is uh, probably one of my favorite trilogies, if not my favorite trilogy of all time, um, and that is not not a Star Wars game. Uh, actually, it is a Back to the Future game. And so um, Funko uh, has, has some really cool Back to the Future pops. I've actually got a, um, a Doc one um, in my house that I, that I really like, but um, they put together a board game in this Back to the Future universe, and it's called uh, just Funko Games Back to the Future, Back in Time, uh, the strategy game. So real simple uh, setup. It's a cooperative strategy game. Uh, plays with multiple players, and you can even play You can play as Doc, uh, you can play as Marty, you can play as uh, Jennifer Parker, you can even play as Einstein. And so it's major parts of the movie. You've got a DeLorean little figure in the game, you've got movie character figures, you got this cool clock tower that you build that's actually like a dice tower for the game. It's got the um, the picture with Marty and his siblings that you're trying to piece together. Biff's in the game as you're trying to um, avoid him and his gang. Like, just just really cool. Really puts together the pieces of the movie. So if you enjoy Back to the Future, you're going to love this game. Um, you know, Look for that one. We'll be talking about this one in the near future as well. But very thematic, very immersive. Kind of all the things you're looking for in a uh, Back to the Future movie. So that's a Prospero Hall game from our friends at Funko Games. Back to the Future. Back in time. One more game that I forgot to mention from the op, from the OP that I really enjoy is Hughes and Cues. Uh, Hughes and Cues is probably my favorite party s game. Plays up to, I believe, eight players. Um, and just really enjoy um, that game. It's a guessing game with colors. Uh, we're trying to guess the colors on the board. Um, it's like a, uh, looks like something out of a paint store. Just tons of um, X and Y axis, little squares of colors that are off by just a shade or two. And you're giving a clue based on one of those colors on your card, and players are trying to guess, you know, okay, well, he said tomato, which one of these shades of red is closest? And you score points based on how well they do. They score points based on how well they do. A lot of fun. Um, the times we've played, it's interesting where you start to say, like, oh, boy, you know, he just said avocado again. You know, did you mean the, the green avocado, a brown, a blacker avocado like you know where do these things fit it's it's a lot of fun we've had a we've had a really good time with uh playing this 
with a multitude of people who have really kind of grasped and, and gotten a hold of it. My parents really enjoyed it. It's it's one of those games that's going to get some definite heavy rotation in the uh, kind of party game world for us. So I'm looking forward to to um, getting some more plays of, uh, of Hues and Cues. One more new game I had a chance to play, and uh, I'm, I'm telling you this with one play of it. I have not had a chance to play uh, more than once, even though I'm hoping to play it tomorrow night, is Pendulum, which is the new game from our friends over at Stonemeyer Games. Now, Pendulum is a real-time game that pits players uh, moving pieces around a board as they're trying to kind of race these timers that are moving from top to bottom rows of actions. And where a timer is, you take an action for a piece you already have there. Where a timer isn't on the top or bottom, you're allowed to move pieces in or out of there. Some timers are really fast. I think it's 45 minutes, maybe two minutes, three minutes for the other two. Um, and so you're kind of maneuvering around, trying to position yourself in good spots to be able to you know, use a worker quick and get them into another spot before it runs out. Uh, as far as real-time games go, if you enjoy real-time games, um, this should be something that is right up your alley. If you do not enjoy real-time games, uh, I still think this is a game you can enjoy. The reason I say that is there is an oper- or there is a way to play it without the real-time aspect. And so you just kind of play it turn-based. But similar to a game like Captain Sonar, I don't think it's going to be as much fun in a non-real-time uh, way of playing it. So what I would suggest, if you don't enjoy real-time games, is to give it kind of a whirl, get a feel for that, and then still jump in with it. Because this game, unlike some real-time games, isn't about being quickest all the time. It's about strategically thinking out those moves. But once you get a rhythm of that, it definitely becomes, okay, how fast were you able to play that through. So again, what I would recommend is take an opportunity to, you know, kind of uh, try this out at a basic level if you don't like real time. And then if you do enjoy it, um, you know, definitely give it a shot with the real time. So I, I really enjoyed it. It took a few rounds of playing to really get a good feel of what it was supposed to be doing. Um, the first round or two kind of felt like, hmm, okay, well, I just I'm just kind of stuck here for a little bit and then you started to see the rhythm of getting unstuck in areas and um, it started to make a lot more sense from there and again that's Pendulum from Stonemeyer Games so finally I want to talk a little bit about our website uh, we have a couple of different things we've been doing uh, over the website and again that's at gamingwithsidekicks.com uh, you can check out a couple of different things uh, obviously this podcast as you've been listening to that our game reviews uh, we have a few like I said, most recently, uh, we looked at that Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion, Cosmic Colonies, which is a fun little tile-laying game uh, from our friends at Floodgate. Uh, we looked at the preview for the upcoming expansion for Rurik, Stone and Blade. Um, and one of the things that I've really enjoyed getting to do is some interviews. And so we've done some interviews with different uh, board game designers, um, personalities, and um, it's been kind of fun hearing what they have to say. One of my favorite ones was with Tim Eisner. We kind of went through his process of design and, and what those games look like. Another one with a guy I really enjoy and I've gotten to know a little bit on the online scene and medium at a con once uh, is Ken Franklin, who is over with Calliope Games. So we've we had Ian Moss on there. We've had some fun ones. we got a couple more coming up in the near future. I'm really excited to get those on there and 
share some of these interviews with you guys so you can hear from some of these designers directly and see what they do and kind of see the behind the scenes for some of these guys and gals and be able to experience that. The other thing I want to talk about is our Facebook page. Now, off of our main Facebook page at Game of Sidekicks, you can find general information about our website as we release articles and um, different posts. Those go on there. But my favorite is our uh, Game of Sidekicks board game community page. Now, on that page, what you'll find is more of an interaction with the general community. We are pushing over 500 members in there. We've had some really good giveaways recently. We gave away a copy of Endangered from uh, our friends over at Grand Gamers Guild. We gave away a game package uh, from Grandpa Beck's Games, and that was a lot of fun. We were able to put together uh, three of their more popular games and send that off to, to one of our followers there. And all we really ask is that you come over there, you follow us on that page, you interact uh, with a post. Most recently we had like post uh, the most recent photo on your phone that's related to board games. And... Uh, it's just been a fun way to kind of interact with some different people in the community. Somebody shared a really cool storage solution for giant playmats. I really liked that a lot. Uh, we throw some memes up there a little bit here and there as well. Uh, just just a lot of fun. Uh, we encourage you to come over there, interact. It's Game of Sidekicks Board Game Community. And watch for uh, some giveaways. We have another giveaway actually in the very near future. In fact, I'll, I'll mention it here for the first time. Uh, Floodgate Games, like I said, uh, we did their review of Cosmic Colonies. We're going to be giving away a copy of that in the very near future as well. So if you mentioned that you heard it here on the podcast in that post, um, and let's see, what's the, the time mark on there? If you can mention that you heard about this contest on the podcast, and you mention that my favorite gaming piece color to play with this is what i'll tell people to come look for so cosmic colony post here it is isaac's favorite color to play with in gaming is yellow fun little story behind that um i had an opportunity to submit what your favorite gaming piece was years ago when i was first getting a board gaming contest on facebook put together by Rio Grande Games and they were giving away the Carcassonne big boxes and they said what's your favorite piece color and why we'll pick the best story and mine got picked because I basically said well I didn't really have a favorite color at that point but I went with yellow and I said I pick yellow because no one likes poor yellow and poor yellow just kind of sits in the box usually ignored usually the last one picked up so I wanted to empower yellow and take it as my main color choice so that you know it didn't feel so lonely in the end of the day and I kind of hammed it up a little bit and they picked it, and ever since then, I was like, gosh, I should probably stick with yellow because I won this awesome game for having that. So uh, most of the time, no one else really likes yellow. A couple of my friends do. Derek, it's kind of funny, over at Board Game Spotlight, really likes yellow. He uh, gave me a yellow meeple patch, actually, a few years back, and it's kind of funny that you know we both are that, like, oh, we'd rather play yellow. Uh, JT's wife, Beth, I think is a big fan of yellow as well, so it's uh, it's not as popular around the table. Usually, I can grab it before anyone else, and if not, you know, I'm happy to play with a blue or a red or an orange or something a little bit different as well. I don't have to be so picky. So so that's our that's our story about our website. Also, please do make sure you're following us over on our Instagram page. We are climbing up the numbers on our Instagram followers. We have a lot of fun posting photos, memes, what we're playing, what we're liking right now. Uh, definitely check us out over there. We're having a good time sharing some Really nice photos uh, that we take of some of the games we get to play. And man, some of these games are so photogenic, right? So 
it's a, it's a good opportunity to get over there and check that out. Finally, what I want to talk about is um, what we're doing kind of in the future. So we're going to be still bringing you some great game reviews over on our site. We're hoping to get some more video content up in the near future as well. But uh, I'm personally going to be looking at doing a little side project and a podcast with some other individuals in the board game community. Uh, we're trying to figure out all the players right now, but um, if you are unfamiliar, I want you to check out over on our main site at Gaming with Sidekicks. Uh, there was a draft that we did. Um, it's been a while here. Actually, let me check the, the exact date of when we did this. The Board Game Collection Draft is uh, the title of it. And we did this actually on April, uh, April 9th of 2019. And so our Board Game Collection Draft was myself, JT, uh, and our friends Brian and Jin, who kind of came along and we went through you know 20 different character or categories of board game mechanism. Each one picked um, one of those randomized picks and said, like, okay, first pickup was, you know, party games. Isaac first, then Brian, then JT, then Jin. And we we basically made a collection of 20 different games, and we said, hey, what do you think of these games? You know, which which is your favorite? Which of these games would you like to play? Uh, or, you know, which of these collections would you like to have the most? So it was fun uh, being able to kind of put it together and, and see where everybody's collections are. But one of the things that I want to do and um, we thought it would be kind of fun is to actually do this in more of a fantasy football podcast kind of draft where we've got games, we've got positions assigned, and, and we kind of see you know what that looks like to draft these out. So um, we're going to be like, kind of like short stint podcast, kind of similar in length to what this one is today actually, um, where we get in, talk about you know, the different games, cross them off the big board and, and start to make a collection. And, and hopefully you have a chance to follow us along as we, you know, fight tooth and nail for that, that one, you know, uh, Euro game that everybody wants or that party game that we think is going to be the good one in the collection. So it's, uh, it'll be a fun time. I'm really looking forward to uh, putting that together. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be talking about our website, probably talking about here on the podcast as well a little bit, but, um, something we'll, uh, revealing as we kind of get pumped for fantasy football as we get pumped for some of those things we enjoy during this time of year we thought a draft would be a fun way to kind of add that in and uh, have a good time with it well that's how i'm going to wrap up our podcast today so short and sweet got a nice little 30 minute podcast here for you all and um, just wanted to check in kind of let you know what we've been playing what we're enjoying and uh, what's coming in the near future so thank you guys for listening to our podcast today here at game of sidekicks Make sure you check out our main site, like we said, over at GameOfSidekicks.com for game reviews, designer interviews, and so much more. And please follow and subscribe to this podcast. If you leave a comment on iTunes podcast, your favorite podcatcher, or uh, you can also find us over on Spotify, comments, follow, subscriptions, anything you can do to kind of get our word out for our podcast, we really appreciate it. Also, make sure you're following us over on Facebook, like we said, our page, Game of Sidekicks Board Game Community, and over on our Twitter page or on Instagram as well, where we discuss everything game-related. We know you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and why I really appreciate that. So I want to thank you from all of us over at Game of Sidekicks, from myself, JT, Stuart, Randy. We really appreciate you coming along for this ride with us here at Game of Sidekicks. We enjoy making this com content for you. It's a hobby for us all. We enjoy doing it. We're not... 
you know, looking to make fame, fortune, or money off of this, but we just enjoy being able to talk about games and be able to do this community life with you guys in gaming as we all have found that it's a really great way to keep up with people, to make good relationships that, um, that for me personally, I think for the other three guys, as we've shown together, um, are lasting. And um, as I sign off here, this is Isaac, just wishing you many more moments in life to play all the games you like with the people you love. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. I don't know if I can banter with myself at the end of this podcast. It feels like it feels awkward at best, right? Like, um, like normally I'd be like, "Oh, Stewart, you missed this," or "Can't believe JT beat you at the trivia game again," or "Hey, JT, can, can you believe you beat Stewart again?" Like, none of that's here. I don't have any of that. So, bantering by myself, I guess this week. Well, hopefully next time I'll have some people to <laughs> to record with, so you won't have to hear just my voice rambling on the whole time. So until next time, friends.